Hi, Jade. Hey, Tedra. Today on the show, we are talking to Cheryl Malik of 40aprons.com, and I bet that has you pretty excited. Totally. She's a whole 30 and paleo gal like myself, so I can't wait to hear more about her story. Me too. And one thing I'm excited about is that she has healthy and easy recipes for everyone, not just all 30, but all food lovers. I know. I've actually been checking out her site, and I've I've prepared a couple of the recipes, and they're so good. I mean, she's such a talented recipe writer. Tons of flavor, super healthy. One little thing you probably don't realize is that Cheryl is a freelance digital marketer, and she has business services in blog coaching. And design. I know. Busy girl. I know. Listen, for years, we have all been following some of the most inspiring bloggers and social media influencers online. Simply put, we get inspired. The next best thing to following our favorite influencers is hearing their stories straight from them. So listen in as we get to know Cheryl. Okay, Cheryl, what do you eat for breakfast most days? So I am one of those people that tends to not be that hungry in the morning anyway. So lately I've been taking that as a sign, I guess, and I've been intermittent fasting. So a lot of the time I don't even eat breakfast and there's just something that's not too appetizing about it each morning for me. So the intermittent fasting works really well, but if I'm not doing that, I tend to just go for scrambled or fried eggs with like a bunch of butter. And I'm, I'm really obsessed with this paleo granola they have it at Costco. I don't know if my love of Costco will show up <laughs> 25 times in this recording, but they have giant bags of paleo granola and I put it on my yogurt and it is so good. And my child tries to eat all of it. I have to fight him for it. But that's my go-to. Love that. I'm going to have to try it. Okay. What about a favorite go-to snack? So I found that I don't really snack that much since I've been paleo. I'm really satisfied with each meal. But if I do want a snack, I always have tons of leftover treats or just recipes of whatever kind from all of the testing that I do for my blog. So I usually nosh on that. And if we're totally bare with the treats, uh, you just can't go wrong with an apple and almond butter. Always so delicious. And just nice and fresh. What's your favorite takeout food? Do you get takeout food? So I work from home and my husband works in an office. And so when he comes home and I don't want to cook, I want to go out and like see other humans, but he wants to be at home and like see our family, whatever. Um, so he wants to do takeout all the time, even though I'm would prefer someone to like bring me whatever. So we do actually do a lot of takeout or a relative amount of takeout. And it's just always Mexican or Indian, you know, you can't go wrong with either of those yeah. Indian. Something about Indian takeout is just, oh, it's so right. Comforting. Mm. Okay. So excluding spices and oils, what are your three top pantry items? So definitely coconut cream. I have like 45 cans of that <laughs> in my pantry at all times. I mean, I do have, you have like, a have favorite like one? I do. I'm so happy that you asked me that. So I write recipes for sprouts sometimes, sprouts farmers market and since I started that, I have been buying their coconut cream. They actually have cans of entirely just coconut cream, and they're like $1.99. You know, and usually at the store, it's like $4 for a can of coconut cream. So I'm I'm very passionate about the Sprouts brand coconut cream. Yeah. I want everyone to try it. Gonna... Um, it's just so affordable, and it just, it's just better than coconut milk. It just makes everything richer and creamier, and I put coconut milk in all of the things. So... That is my number one for sure. My number two is 
I would say the almond flour, although I'm really obsessed with cassava flour right now. Mm. But again, I buy uh, almond flour in bulk at Costco. <laughs> I buy like the three pound <laughs> bags and I like buy them like five at a time because I mean, I test so many paleo recipes that it's just every day I'm using almond flour, but cassava flour is just, I don't know. It's still not as readily available and it's a bit more expensive, so I don't use it quite as much, but I'm really into it. And my third is vanilla extract, which I put again in everything, even like smoothies and smoothie bowls. I find that if you put more vanilla extract than you probably would otherwise, there's something just richer and like more indulgent about whatever you're making. And especially man, smoothie bowls, put a little vanilla extract in there. You feel like you're like eating a muffin or something. Yeah. So good. And I make smoothies and I have never put vanilla in. Oh, so that is, you gotta do it. You yeah. Know, you'll love it. Okay. Any kitchen gadgets that you can't live without? Oh, this is so easy. Um, my <laughs> Instant Pot. I am obsessed with the Instant Pot. And I actually wrote a cookbook about it. So oh, okay, yeah, I did not so, know that. Yeah, yeah. So it's um, it's called the Paleo Instant Pot, and there's more than thirty Whole Thirty uh, compliant and Paleo recipes made in the Instant Pot there. So it's for sure my kitchen obsession. It's just allowed me to continue to eat a Paleo and Primal diet, or you know, mostly Paleo and Primal but not have to stand in the kitchen for three hours every day. So it's really just perfect. Cheryl, I just got one for Christmas, but I haven't been able to unwrap it yet. I promised I wouldn't unwrap it. I can't wait to bust it out. It really intimidated me at first. And I went through a few recipes that were just really bad. I was like, this can't be that hard. Like it can't be. So I would make like a curry and it would just be like soupy and gross and horrible. And I would just, just swear it off forever. But then eventually I figured it out and it's just always, always on the counter. You are going to love it. Well, I'm definitely checking out your cookbook. <laughs> yeah, you got it. <laughs> Let's talk. Um, You're the author and creator of 40 Aprons, beautiful food blog filled with so many gorgeous recipes, beautiful photography. Can you just tell us like how you got started, why you got started and what that looked like for you? Yeah. So I started, well, it wasn't 40 Aprons back then, but I started my food blog in 2009. So that was like the dark ages of food blogging. It was like (laughs) There was like 14 or something. Now there's like 2 million, whatever. But I was about to start law school and I knew before even going that it would absolutely dry up my creativity and take everything from me. Mm. So I had taught myself how to cook in college and had always used food as my sort of creative outlet. And I would you know, like the night before an exam, perfect time. I would be like, I'm going to teach myself how to make authentic Indian samosas. And I would do that (laughs) instead of like studying. So it had always been that outlet for me and I was getting pretty good at it. Um, so I decided to start this food blog so that I could chronicle my time in law school and share my obsession with food. And I had just moved to Austin, Texas. So there was this whole new world of food for me to experience and to share. So that's how it started. And I had always really loved writing as well. So it was like just the perfect medium for me. And 
I went to law school. You did? (laughs) Yeah, for a little bit. And I decided like, no, I don't want to be an attorney like ever. Mm. So I just pretty much left. So the food blog is really the only thing that's stayed consistent over time. I went through so many weird kind of career paths, I guess, since that, because I, that had been my only plan. That's incredible. I mean, so did you plan that the food blog would really take over and be the constant thread or you were sort of like always going to these other areas and hoping they'd take off or? It was, it was definitely not a plan. I I wish I had been a little more deliberate about what I was doing with it, but it was honestly just the only consistent thing about me that I love to write and I love food and I loved experimenting with food and sharing about it and talking and thinking that people were listening. That was like the only thing that was always consistent about me. And I was trying to find what I could do that wasn't law. And I hadn't, I hadn't planned for it at all, you know? So I went through these like strange phases of just different stuff and none of it was really me. That's amazing. I mean, so gutsy to give up the original (laughs) sure bet of law school. Yeah. I mean, it didn't make me feel like the smartest decision in the moment, but it was definitely the right decision for me for sure. But yeah, it was terrifying. Absolutely. I like moved in with my parents. I had, I had (laughs) nothing else to do. I was like, I have a philosophy degree. So I'm moving back in with y'all. And they were like, great. (laughs) Wow. So, I mean, how long you started in 2009, how long did it take like before you had a moment where you realized, oh my gosh, I'm going to make it with this food blog. So the food blog did nothing for me until like a year ago. (laughs) It's just been like, I love this. So I'm going to keep doing it. And I mean, I, well, I say that, but it has, it has done a lot for me. So in the last few years, I would say even maybe in the last like five years, even though my reach wasn't huge at all, my reach was enough to the people that mattered locally, Mm -hmm. especially. And it kind of convinced them that I could do something else. I could either write or I could develop websites, which I just I made my own little website and then people said, will you make me a little website? And I was like, sure. Yeah. I was going to ask you, like, did you, (laughs) did you have to teach yourself WordPress? Totally. Yeah. So when I was young though, when I was very, very young, like eight, I would sit on the computer and both of my parents were programmers. So I kind of got like a boost in the super nerd department, but I would sit there and just like make websites about in sync and like ballet and stuff. It was before CSS was even a thing. So it was like HTML only. And I just was, I loved it so much. And that should have been a big clue that like law wasn't for me, but didn't pick up on that. So it was a natural fit for me, but I did have to teach myself in the moment as well. And I totally learned on the job. Like if someone thought I could do it, who am I to doubt them? You know, I'm just... I'm just the one they're, you know, entrusting their business to not a, not a problem. But I mean, honestly, it, that's how I built my entire freelance business that sort of supported me up until the last year or so when the blog took over that role. Wow. Did you have any hurdles, like technologically speaking that for you in your learning curve and anything you had to go through? (sighs) I think honestly, every single project I had a hurdle 
And it was something I wanted to do. I never, ever let what I wanted or what I could do define what I wanted to do. So I would like have these dreams and be like, it's going to be an interactive app of a website. And it was like 2010 or whatever. And I just couldn't do it. I, I wanted to, but I didn't know how. So I would teach myself how, and I always hated development. I still hate development. I don't, please no one asked me to do it. You know, like I'm (laughs) so solid on that, but I would fake it and fake it until it made sense. And it was like properly done and all of that. So I don't know. I'm always ahead of my own capabilities with what I want to do, but I found that that actually maybe helped me a little bit too. Yeah. It like pushes you to figure it out, but frustrating. I know what you mean. Yeah. So would you say like the whole 30 paleo thing happened right from the beginning or did that evolve for you as well? Okay. So absolutely not. So when I first started my blog, it was just entirely random. Just, I made this one recipe and it was so good and it looks, (laughs) I'm, I don't know how else to say it, but it looks like elephant poop or something. It's just (laughs) so bad, but it's so delicious. And it's like cake mix and a banana and like something else microwaved. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So definitely didn't start off with the paleo thing. Plus it wasn't even a thing in 2009, you know? Mm -hmm. So then, so it's, it started, it was called legally eating. Mm. Yeah. Get it. And then I, stopped caring about law school. It was start. it like no longer was relevant after I quit law school. You know, it was, I wasn't talking about it anymore. So I just changed it, um, to the stylist quo. And that was, I guess, during an election when the status quo was, they were just talking about that all the time. But anyway, whatever. So I changed it to that and I just wrote kind of more of whatever, maybe a little bit healthier. Cause we've always been interested in like whole foods and sort of like vaguely clean eating. Then we went vegan. Oh, wow. Yeah. How was that? (laughs) Well, the thing about being vegan to me is that you eat a lot of vegetables. So part of you feels really good. But there was this part of me that was really quite, well, honestly, yes. I mean, I craved steak all Mm. the time. And you just can't (laughs) veganize that. You know, like a portobello cap is not going to do it for you. No matter, like, you just, it just isn't. So there was this part of me that felt really good and very light and like airy or whatever, but part of me that was also very sick. So Mm. we decided I actually got pregnant or I actually, well, I started eating meat before we got pregnant right before, because I was reading a lot about it. And the fact that I would have to supplement my diet so much to get what I needed Mm -hmm. was a huge clue for me. Like this isn't Right. Yeah. The protein cravings I had when I was pregnant were oh my like, God. whoa. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would have eaten steak, I think, every Daily. day. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. So we started eating meat then and I had a fantastic pregnancy. I really hardly had any morning sickness or anything like that. Wonderful delivery and whatever. And then for the year after my son was born, I kind of just like tried to survive. So we were eating just kind of whatever. And I was introduced to um, the Whole30. Although I had heard about Whole30 for such a long time. It was during our vegan phase. So I was like, that's lame. Legumes are amazing for you. <laughs> so no, that's so stupid. Whatever. So, um, okay. So my cousin was like, we're doing Whole30. And they live in wine country. And they're like, 
fave wine fans. And I was like, you'll never do it. It's never going to work for you. Right. So a few weeks later, she, she called me and was like, I've lost 20 pounds. I feel amazing. I'm never drinking again. And I was like, (laughs) okay, I'm going to do it. All right. So we did it and it just, it changed our lives. It sounds so cliche, but no, I mean, honestly, I have the same story. My experience with whole 30 was the same. It was just mind blowing. And I went into it kicking and screaming. (laughs) I mean, yeah. So I actually, when we started the whole 30, I worked at a marketing agency and the specialty, like the focus for that agency was orthodontists, which is really strange and random. I know, but (laughs) I had such bad jaw pain that the partner that I worked for was like, we're going to get you a um, retainer and we're going to fix this for you. And it'll just prevent your jaw from like grinding on itself. Mm-hmm. And I did the whole 30 and it went away. Completely. Yes. I like believe I had, you. <laughs> it's insane. And I was like, you'll never believe what happened. It's gone. And he was like, that's not, that didn't happen. I was like, I know he said, he said, you're just less stressed now. And I said, it's like, oh, contrary, my friend, I am far more stressed right now than I was back then. I'm doing a whole 30 and I work here. You know what I mean? Like the stress yeah. is real. And but you become anyway. one of those people preaching the whole 30 yeah. and it healed me, but it really <laughs> did. You know, I really am. It's so funny. My friends, I try to get them all to do it. And even when they agree to it, I'm like, well, that's why I needed a whole 30. And they're like, Cheryl, I agree to it. I'm like, I'm just saying. <laughs> they're like, just accept it. Okay. But anyway, so, so yeah, so that really led you into loving and wanting to be paleo. Yeah, yeah. So we went paleo right after we did our whole 30. We were very strict about it, but we weren't 100%. So we would go out and it's not like we would go out and eat a basket of rolls and, you know, <laughs> like get the refried. We, you know, we would just try to be smart about it without being really strict. Mm-hmm. But, we were very, very, very paleo for a very long time. And we still, we still are. I'll eat like obviously yogurt or whatever. And we eat a lot of butter. Yeah. I was going to ask you uh, about dairy, dairy and alcohol. Oh, we definitely drink for sure. (laughs) Um, I don't, you know, we drink like, I mean, I drink wine. My husband is a little looser with what he drinks, but (laughs) I feel like that's, Totally natural. Um, yes. With dairy, however, I am sensitive to dairy. So I try to only eat cultured dairy and like a an aged raw cheese is yes. totally fine to me. I think that's actually can be very good for you as long as you do tolerate it well. But I've done it like three whole 30. So I know what works for me. And that to me is the beauty of whole 30 in, in and of itself. Do you ever feel deprivation of any kind or not oh, so much? Not, no, not at all. So I think my approach to eating is that it should be healthy, but it should not necessarily taste that way. So I really, really like to take foods that we all loved in the past that just weren't maybe good for us. And the reason we don't eat them anymore is not because we don't like them, like of course we like them. The reason is that they're not good for us. They don't make us feel good. So I like to take those foods and take inspiration from them or just recreate them and make them essentially sex with your pants on whatever. (laughs) That's exactly what I like to do. Um, but of course not on whole three, but 
Let me ask you a different question. Would you say that blogging's transformed your life in any unexpected ways? Yeah, I would say it's transformed my life in every way possible. It is the best job ever. Like I still can't believe it's actually my job. So this about this time last year when I had really done a Whole30 and we had decided that this is how we were going to eat, I started publishing Whole30 recipes and my blog blew up. It absolutely blew up. It was nuts. I mean, my traffic has increased like 700% since this time last year. It was crazy. So the whole 30 allowed me and just the paleo diet in general, finding that niche and really finding this audience that gets me and likes what I am writing and all of that. It's allowed me to quit my day job and you know, say no to clients and whatever. And my job is to make treats and take pictures of them and go on podcasts (laughs) and post on Instagram. I mean, it's, it is just mind blowing to me that that is real in that this is what I always wanted to do, but it didn't used to exist. So when I was in college, I was like, I just love food and I like writing about it. And I also like art. It's lovely. And I, you know, as the editor of a literary magazine, I loved publishing and I wanted to work for Southern Living and whatever. And there just weren't jobs that were those things really. It's so incredible. I mean, I know. And it's just amazing. Rewarding. Absolutely. Oh yeah. So that's, you know, you get back what you put into it and it's yours. And when you work on it, you're investing into like your future and the ability for you to spend time with your child. And it's just the most amazing thing ever. I mean, I don't have to ask anybody to make an appointment or go on vacation or whatever. I don't have to check with the hours at HR. It's just so liberating and honestly, like empowering women to find that for themselves is like my numero uno, like one true passion for sure, because it just totally transformed my life and how, you know, I get to be a mom too. That's so incredible. And that speaks to me. I've got two kids and quit my full-time Air Force career to stay at home. And so it's I've experienced that all or nothing. And the idea of like being able to have a podcast or a website that makes it and you get to share what you're passionate about. I mean, it's just so rewarding. I'm excited for you to have that. (laughs) Thank you. So do you have a new favorite recipe you're totally into? Oh my gosh. You know, I have to think about it. I make so many and I just <laughs> love so... Oh, okay. No, I will say this is probably going to not be super timely by the time that this airs, but I made gingerbread pancakes. Ooh. Oh, they're so good. Oh, they're so good. Are you I'm free? Just, they're, yeah, they're totally paleo and they taste like what you would get at like Cracker Barrel. You know I mean? They're like... Uh, they're, oh, they're so good. Is it a nut flour like, or did you use cassava? It is. So it's almond flour. I tend to not write that many cassava flour recipes yet because I feel like it's still not super. I can't find it locally. I have to order it. You know, we have Whole Foods and we have Sprouts and we have all of that. So if I can't find it, I figure I'm going to let it, you know, become a little accessible and then we'll, we'll do more of the cassava flour. Awesome. So are you a meal prepper? Like, do you spend a day prepping a bunch of food for the week? We do that sometimes. 
questions. Uh, <laughs> I would love to say that every week we do it, but I find when I, first of all, when I shop, that's working for me because I'm planning all the recipes I'm going to test this week. And I go spend four hours shopping, going to like different stores and whatever. And then I come home and I always do this on a Sunday and I make dinner for that night. And I make like this week I made kraut juice and bone broth, you know, because we're just out and then we're trying to meal prep as well. And it just becomes this entire day of work for me. And I have a tendency to work too much anyway. Like I will work 80 hours a week if I don't tell myself you can't do this, you know, and that's, and that's part of it. So I'm Mm -hmm. trying to just reduce what I expect of myself a little bit because the expectations will are just endless for me if I let them be, you know, the ones that I put on myself for sure. Yeah. Which gets me to another question. I mean, you're sort of a little bit of a Renaissance woman. I mean, you're doing cookbooks and blogging and web design and photography and you've got a child. How are you balancing it all? Or is there balance or? Yeah, there is balance now and there wasn't always balance. So I, I would say I'm more of the jack of all trades, master of none side. That I mean, I think Renaissance women's very flattering, but maybe not sure if I relate to that quite as much. But I have just done since I quit law school. I've done whatever to try to support myself and my family, and that has led me to pursue pretty much every interest I have, and that includes like. I used to sell vintage clothes and then I ran a burlesque troupe and I installed <laughs> sound design, you know, so it's just all over the board. So I definitely, my life has always been split into many different practices. And I think I prefer it that way. Anyway, I'd much rather have an interesting day that doesn't look like yesterday and won't look like tomorrow over a very predictable day where I'm doing you know, where I'm writing social Mm. copy eight hours a day, I would lose it. And I've been there. It's (laughs) awful. I just don't like it. So that part definitely gives me life. And part of the balance part for me is just telling myself, I just can't work that much. I just Mm -hmm. can't. And say no to some things. I feel like even though they're good, honestly, I found, so I started trying this, I had this experiment I wanted to try where I worked a lot less I actually started making more money. Oh, wow. (laughs) So I'm really into that. It's really great. And I think it's because when I'm telling myself, no, just work, just work, just keep going, whatever, like I'm not being efficient. And when I take a break and I go hang out with my son or I'm just like, I'm going to pick you up after school, man, and we're going to skip aftercare and go to the, Mm. you know, children's museum that refreshes me. And I come back just much more efficient and more inspired and more motivated for when I do work. So that probably keeps you focused on the, the most important of all of the, the jobs too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And being, being a mom is really important to me, but being my own person and my own, like being my own boss, that's really important to me too. And spending that family time reminds me of that. Like I can be Mm -hmm. both and now let me be both fully. Awesome. Do you have a cooking idol? Oh my gosh. Oh, I have to think. Okay. So he's not 
paleo okay. by any means, but I love David Chang. I oh, yeah. <laughs> love him. I actually have a little crush on him. He's my celebrity crush, spoiler <laughs> alert. But he, there's something about him that is just innovative. And he, I, I just feel like he he feels no boundaries for himself and for his food. And I love that. I love that so much. Love it's it. very inspirational to me. Like, what can we do that is similar but different? How can we take these principles and apply them in a new way? There's just that innovation and creativity there that I really, really admire. That's incredible. So inspiring. What are your top three blogs? Do you read food blogs? I read I <laughs> I, I read so many blogs. I mean it's it's my work, you know, like I have a bunch of friends who are paleo bloggers and I read all their stuff and I comment on all their recipes and all of that. And I genuinely love it, but there, I would say really, there's like one blog that I read just, she's not paleo. I just love her and she's one of my girl crushes. So spoiler alert as well. (laughs) Um, but Lindsay Ostrom from pinch of yum, there's just, I I mean, she's just, I hate her because she's so successful and you're just like, damn girl, you deserve it. You know, like she's just so nice. And she works so hard and she's just funny and I just adore her. And I've been following her. Um, I thought it was so brilliant that she expanded into the food blogger space because she took her authority and her experience and she marketed it and monetized it. And I've been following her for that reason for so long. And I just feel like we're friends. You know, so I like, I'm always like, what's Lindsay up to? I like, I get her email. She's like the only blogger whose emails I get that I, um, I'm not Cheryl, excited. can I be honest? I feel like I'm friends with her as well. Yeah. Well, I love it. Best friend, that would be me. So whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. This is awesome. So Tedder, do you have any follow-up questions? I do actually. Early on, you mentioned that you lived in Austin. I live in Austin. So does Julie. So I'm curious, like, do you have a favorite restaurant here? Oh, that's really cool. I didn't live there that long. I was only in law school for like a semester and a half. So I didn't get to explore quite as much as I probably should have or wanted to. But honestly, when I think about Austin, I just think about all the amazing Tex-Mex. I don't know. It's so hard to narrow one down. But there was this one place right by our house. And I can't even remember what it was called. It was like Viva or something like that. And it was so good. I think primarily I remember the cucumber margaritas with Mm. the Hawaiian salt. Like that was my like primary memory. But I think their food was good too. Yeah. Yeah, be sure. Okay. Then I have one other question for you. Um, Do you follow paleo 100% of the time? No. It's more important to me to do it for the long term. And I can't be that restrictive with myself long term. So we, there are a few things that we will eat and just depending on the day we may even eat like some gluten-free cookies or whatever. We're just not that strict about it. And luckily we don't have any really strong sensitivities or allergies. It's mostly we feel less optimal when we eat gluten or whatever, but we don't we don't become sick. Like I can feel inflammation in my knees when I don't eat a paleo diet, but it's just a reminder to me, like you need to get back on track. Yeah. So we're really flexible with it. I've been through the staunch vegan portion of my life and it didn't work for me. You know, it, it collapsed 
under itself. And so for me, being paleo is about, it's like that, the saying that they have, and I know it's in traditional Chinese medicine and I, I, I assume in just the, the culture as well, but 80% is perfect. There is perfection. And that is obviously, you know, the 80, 20 principle is definitely a, like a guiding sort of philosophy for us. And if we can eat that well, that much of the time we're doing really well. Well, and I think it's just, it's sustainable. So exactly, exactly. And yeah, again, that is by far the most important thing to me. I would much rather be paleo for 30 years than be whole 30 strict for like three months. Yeah. I'm actually considering doing a whole 30, like I say whole 30 ish for like most of next year. So not, not completely legalistic, but I just can't seem to have that 80, 20 rule. I'm either 100% -hmm. or 0%. And I, I, I'm like, I do better when I put myself under that umbrella, even though I, I, I mean, once I did this strict, strict whole 30, I realized, you know, for the next five months after that, when I stayed pretty in line with it, I was able to, you know, just find the balance of, you know, maybe some sugar in my salad dressing type thing, Mm -hmm. you know, little things like that. But Yeah. My husband is that way. Actually, he's very all or nothing kind of person. And I tend to be the little rebel where if there's like a very strict rule that guides me, I'm like, all I want to do is break it. But he functions so much better within those very, very clear boundaries. So he's like pushing me to do whole thirties all the time. And I'm like, buddy, (laughs) we don't need to do that. You know, like we can eat whole five and then be realistic on the weekends. And he's like, no, I need it. And I'm like, all right, you just need, you know, because if he doesn't have it, he will just eat Lara bars all day. It's crazy. <laughs> so I totally get it. I think there's like, there's totally the, those two types of people. There's either the person who can do with some flexibility and it, it is more sustainable for them. And then the person who really needs those very, very clear boundaries. And I think the whole 30 is amazing with that. So, so Yeah. Yeah, well, I'll have to keep everyone updated on how that works out for me if I can actually do it. If you have three great tips for our listeners, what would those be? So I have three sort of guiding principles that have allowed me to, in my mind, be successful. And that is to put yourself out there regardless of whether or not you think you are ready or it's perfect or whatever. If you put yourself out there, you're just, I I feel like that sets you up to be far more successful because people are seeing you. And if you Mm -hmm. don't put yourself out there, people are not not seeing you. And I feel like that is largely how I've built my freelance business and my blog as well. My second tip is just to do it. And that's sort of built on the first one, which is worry less about perfection and more about just doing it. And don't let this fear hold you back because it's not it's not ready or whatever, you know, you can sit on something forever waiting for it to be perfect or waiting for the right time. So to me, when you're trying to grow something or build something, or even just get to this point in life that you want to be, a lot of it is just doing it and not letting yourself give into even like an annoyance factor, like, Oh, I don't really want to do it. You know, if it supports your goal, just do it. I love that. I mean, we're actually sort of, I mean, just because this, we are new. So I Mm -hmm. think for us, like we're at that point now where we just have to like step off the ledge. Like we've, yeah, we've we've built all the infrastructure and we are trying to make it, you know, professional and look good and all Mm -hmm. these things. And uh, I mean, we're at the point now it's like, just step off the ledge and and go for it. So, 
Right. It's so easy to want to just incubate it forever, (laughs) you know, and you just got to like get it out there. But a lot of what you're doing is would it be easier for us to just, you know, skip that part that'll make us feel better about it? Mm -hmm. Sure. It'd be easier, but we're going to just do it because we want to do it right. So there's like, there's a blend there to me of you have to work hard and be prepared and, you know, think about what your goals really are and just do those things. And then you have to also just put it out there as well. And if you have both of those things, I think you're solid. What is something people would be surprised to know about you? I think I've pretty much uh, laid it all out there today, but I (laughs) don't think most people know that I ran a burlesque troupe and I was a burlesque dancer as well. So that's kind of an interesting thing. Well, that just tells me you're very brave. Very brave. I am something for sure. Um, (laughs) I I give very few cares. I give few bothers. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Whatever. Just do it. (laughs) Put myself out there. So when you decide you're going to unplug, how do you decompress? So my husband and I are, well, this sounds so basic, but we are just obsessed with Netflix. And so we watch, we have big shows that we watch together and whatever. So it's still obviously like relatively plugged in, but we, yeah, we're really into the dramas and all that. And I am obsessed with tea. So I have like we have this butler's pantry and it's designed probably for grownups with wine and stuff. And I have this huge drawer and it's filled with like 45 boxes of tea. <laughs> My mom was like, one day you'll have fancy stuff in there. And I was like, why? I like love tea. Why would I put anything else in there? So I just have this inability to like pass the tea section of a store without looking at it and buying like three new boxes. So, um, that's definitely part of my like analog self-care ritual. And I'm trying to read a lot more for sure. It's, I don't know, it's still something I'm working on. I used to be such, you know, just such a like literature junkie. And after we had kids, it kind of just went away. So I'm trying to like ramp that back up. Do you have a book you're reading right now? Yes. So I actually started Frankenstein right before Halloween. And I kind of read it in high school, but I don't, it's probably mostly Sparks noted it. So I am just blown away by this book. And it's just, there's something about the fear that she gets so right. And I don't think it would have stuck a landing with me when I was in high school at all. So I'm really, really enjoying it. And I like make my husband listen to passages and stuff. And he's like, that's great. I read that in high school. And I was like, shut up. So did I, but whatever. You didn't get it. (laughs) Whatever. So, yeah. (laughs) So uh, you mentioned tea. I'm going to assume that might be your beverage of choice, but what, what, what is your beverage of choice for the morning and night? So obviously to redeem myself from sounding like such a bad paleo blogger, we drink like a dozen LaCroix a day, I'm pretty sure. So that's always just on tap. Mm -hmm. But I have that one cup of coffee in the morning and I just, I love it. So I definitely start with coffee and end with tea. And the tea is just, you know, you never know 
never know what you're going to be in the mood for for the tea. So luckily you have 65 varieties to choose from. <laughs> Do you drink caffeine free at night? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Otherwise, I'll just like lay awake for three hours thinking about all the recipes I want to write for 2021. <laughs> I used so, to be able to yeah. drink caffeine like to the moment I went to bed, and then I don't—I don't know. I guess maybe age, I'm get a little older. Yeah. yeah, it just—I cannot. I don't even have. I can't have any of it now. But no, I have to have like sleep tea. I drink like a sleep Tulsi or something. Otherwise, I'll just be wired, you know. So yeah, no caffeine for me past like two. Do you have a favorite city that you cry when you leave? Yeah, I have two. So one is Paris and one is Barcelona. And we are planning to actually buy property in Barcelona. We were thinking about doing that kind of soon, but then the political situation is making us a little nervous. So um, we're, you know, just kind of keeping our options open or whatever. But so I lived in Paris when I was in college and we went there for our honeymoon and my husband and I were thinking about going to see our favorite band this spring and we were going to go see them in Barcelona, but then all of the stuff happened with Catalan and, you know, the King and whatever. So we decided to actually go to Paris instead. So that worked out. Those are okay. some pretty dreamy cities. And Barcelona is on my bucket list. I'm dying oh, to get over there someday. Amazing. And it's phenomenal with kids. Really, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, amazing. We took our one-year-old there. I've never met nicer people, more helpful people. So think about it. <laughs> okay, so let's go back real quick. You talked about Netflix, but what's a show you're watching right now that you just love? So right now we're watching Dark which is German and it's more of that like thriller time space continuum stuff, whatever that we just like love. You have like no idea what's going on. Like three quarters of the whole thing. It's really good. And we just finished the mist and stranger things, of course. And we're waiting for the next season of black mirror to come out. So dark is, is definitely doing it for us right now. Okay. Do you have a beauty product that you always have on hand? Yeah. So I'm really obsessed with like healthy lipsticks. So I just discovered, and again, I'm slow on this. It's not new, but it's new to me. But the Burt's Bees matte crayon is so pigmented and smooth and just beautiful. And I'm really obsessed with it. And of course, I always have like three shades of beauty counter sheer lipstick on hand. And I just got the Texas poppy, which is like a red kind of pink coral sort of like shade, orange red. And I just love it so much. And tell us real quick about beauty counter. I was curious about that. I stumbled on your website. Yeah. So I've always been drawn to safer beauty products, but you know, years back when I first started becoming interested in that, the products were not high quality at all. You know, they were like the quality for sure suffered because you were getting safer products. So when I discovered beauty counter, I was just totally blown away by how just good the products were, you know, it felt like you were using just a standard department store, you know, overnight cream or foundation or whatever, but they're so, so stringent with their testing and with the ingredients that don't go into their products that it feels so much safer. And I actually noticed a big difference. This is, a little personal, but with my cycle, it became 
as soon as I got rid of all of the endocrine disruptors in our products and our cleaning products at home, I noticed that my cycle was healthier and healthier. It's really weird wow. to see that like directly correlated. That's fascinating. But yeah, I mean, and there's research to back that up, but for it to happen to me was just totally mind blowing. So it's a, a big passion of mine to get those endocrine disruptors out of people's products. Okay. You mentioned your girl crush. Do you have a celebrity crush? Um, so aside from David Chang, uh, I would say either Chrissy Teigen or, um, she's, I just feel like, you know, we're, we're also friends. It's like me, Chrissy (laughs) and Lindsay, you know, like the, the forever trio or whatever, but other than her, of course, I have this insane crush on, you might not even know who he is. But Mark Gasol, he's a basketball player. I don't know. I'll have to look him up. <laughs> That's what the, he's so tall, you know. Oh. And um, so he's from Spain. He's actually from Barcelona or Catalan. And he goes and volunteers at St. Jude all the time. And he's, did I mention he's really tall? Yeah, he's really tall. And he's like real, he's real attractive. Anyway, so I'm, I have a big crush on him. I actually asked my husband, I said, honey, Who's my celebrity crush? And he was like, it's definitely Mark Gasol. <laughs> That's so funny. So, yeah. <laughs> so do you have a song? Um, you mentioned going to Paris to listen to your favorite band. I'm kind of curious, who is that? And do you have a song on repeat that you're loving right now? Yeah. So the band is Arcade Fire. And mm. what I have on repeat is actually their most recent album because I'm trying to get as familiar with it as possible because we are going, we're actually going to London to see them and then Paris after oh, we're God. seeing them two days in a row because we are crazy super fans, I guess. That's so fun. I'm trying to get all amped up for that. Okay. What would you say is your best gift you've ever received? So this year I turned 30 and I don't even know what I was like asking for or expecting, but I kind of feel like I'm an aware person. Like I probably am very hard to buy gifts for because I'm like snooping, you know, I'm not snoop, but I am like watching all the time, you know? Anyway, so I think of myself as like this time, this type of person, but on the day of my birthday, my husband was like, we have to take Leo, our son, to the park at exactly two. And I was like, okay, whatever, man. Sure. And he did this when we got engaged too. He was like, we have to go to the park at exactly three. We have to, we have to go, let's go. And I was like, whatever. So anyway, we go to the park at exactly two. And then we came home and there was a food truck parked in front of our house. And I was like, who's having a party? And they didn't even invite us. That's so <laughs> rude. And they're like, we get out and the guy from the food truck starts like walking up to my husband and I was like, maybe he's lost. And they were like, my whole family came to my house and they were like, Cheryl, we're making a surprise party for you. Like, come on. <laughs> so it was really sweet. That and they got, sweet. um, it was super sweet. And it was like a Venezuelan food truck. It was one of those days where we had our 20% for the week or whatever. And they invited a ton of people. And my dad made my margarita recipe off my blog. And it was just so fantastic. That is awesome. You So you're married to a super sweet, thoughtful husband. Yeah, he's pretty sweet. <laughs> okay, do you have a gift that you've given that you love? Yes. So I... I've been working really hard on it this year for this Christmas. And so I don't know how exactly how it's going to be received, but I feel like it's pretty solid. So my mom's 
cooking is pretty famous in our family. You know, she usually hosts and she has all these like classic dishes that she makes. And I had an idea since this is what I do for a living to make all the recipes and photograph them and write the recipes in like a coherent way. And I made a cookbook out of all of them and I just ordered it and it took, I thought it would be kind of quick, but it took me probably like two full work weeks to do it all. But I'm really excited to, to give that to them this Christmas. That's amazing. That is going to be like a hit. Yeah, I hope so. If it's not, I'll be bad. Yeah, I think it will be. You're yeah. Okay. So Cheryl, it's been such a joy having you on the show today. I loved hearing about the Costco obsession, <laughs> checking out the paleo granola for sure. So real. <laughs> right, like one, also... arm eat, one arm granola. You got this. <laughs> and also I just know the listeners are going to be inspired to hear how you made that tough choice to leave law school. Hello. And go for your passion for food and writing about food and Anyways, we're excited that we got to talk to you today. It was fun. I enjoyed it. Awesome. Well, best of luck. Until next time. All right. Bye, ladies. Bye. Hey, Tedra. So on top of getting to know our guests, I'd love our listeners to get to know just a little bit about you as well. Why don't you tell us what your favorite cookbook is? Well, my favorite cookbook is by Gwyneth Paltrow, her first cookbook called My Father's Daughter. Every year between Christmas and New Year's, I host a big family brunch for my family. And I, the year the book cookbook came out, I started making those pancakes. In the book, there's a couple recipes for pancakes, but one is her father's recipe. And I've made it every year since the cookbook came out. And it's actually become my own little memory with my family. So I'm kind of loving that. What's so good about them? They're buttermilk. They, uh, I mean, to me, you don't need syrup. You don't need butter. I can eat them plain. They're just delicious. Mm, Delish. How come you haven't made them for me? I mean, I would. I would have, but now that you're paleo, sorry. (laughs) Okay, well, why don't you tell me, like, what is something that you make every week that you sort of include as a staple in your diet? Mm, Gosh, I would say, well, I make quite a few recipes every week, but I would say maybe like my latest favorite is this paleo sweet potato fry recipe. And then the best part is the man, it's like a mayo mixed with lime juice, lime zest and garlic. It's just so amazing. I, I can't get enough. My whole family loves it. Okay, I think in my mouth might have started watering right there. We're going to have to tell our guests where to get that recipe, so make a note. Will do. It'll be in the show notes, people. Thank you for listening today. And if you like the show, we'd love for you to head over to iTunes and give us a review. You can find us at wegettoknow.com, where you can sign up for our newsletter, and on social media at wegettoknow. Head over to Instagram. We'd love to hear from you and get your opinions on guests and show ideas. Our music is provided by the talented Blake Atwell of Studio 1916. Until next time, take care as we continue to get to know all of our favorite influencers and bloggers. 